Oh yes, it's that time of the week again. Episode 15 of uh, Keeping It Real with Chuck Lutie and the Big Fella. It is your favourite podcast as we speak at the moment, especially with Melbourne back in lockdown. I feel sorry for... uh the Melbourneites, that is for sure, and uh, one of those Melbourneites, as always, joins us on the phone from Mount Martha. Well, it's a big show. Oh, it's a big and I reckon, show I reckon it's just lost a little bit of that gunslinging over the last uh, kind of 10 days with this lockdown. Darren Chuck Berry, how are you, mate? Listen to me, you imbecile. Number one, I live in Mount Eliza, not Mount Martha. It's just a little bit closer to Frangenistan. So get that right. Friggin' Mount Eliza, not Mount Martha. Probably another zero on the end of the house price too. Well, I say that because I know you're not going to introduce our guest just yet, but when you do, we've got a pretty big name. We've had some big names, but uh, we've gone on. I promised you guys that I would try and find a female athlete that's represented her country. Yeah. Well, we've done exactly that. I won't steal your thunder, big fella, but a superstar of not one, not one, but two sports, and she's from the right side of the peninsula. Let me just say that. (laughs) I can't wait to hear where she's from, and I can't wait to hear from uh, this bloke either, who's uh, had a pretty quiet week, I think, this last week. One of Timmy Ludeman's former friends from down this way just uh, pulls me over and says, geez, I love that song you play. To introduce the great man, Timmy Ludeman. How are you, buddy? Good, big fella. I, I, I just love the intro because you say Mount Martha, Mount Eliza, but when you post something at Chuck's house, which I've done a couple of times, the postcode's actually Frankston's postcode, so I think he's hiding something. I think he definitely so is, mate. Down. We want we want pictures and proof of you standing out of the house, mate. And uh, we be want to know very, exactly be where very he careful. Is. Be very careful where you're going because when you introduce our next guest, I tell you what, she might punch you right in the head if you're going <laughs> to criticise Frank. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> well, I hope this gives a little bit away. She is an absolute superstar, not only in one sport, not only on a on a uh, local level, but on a national level too, representing Australia in netball. She's played with the Melbourne Kestrels, the Darters, the Vixens, the Thunderbirds, the Swifts, the Collingwood Magpies netball team. She's also played for the Collingwood Football Club in the AFL women's competition and still does. She's won two World Cup gold medals and a Commonwealth Games gold medal. We say a very good evening to Shani Layton. How are you, Shani? Oh, I'm good, team. I'm good. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, I thought the show might run out by the time you get through my introduction. <laughs> but that is... Don't a, mind if I do. That is an unbelievable CV, though, Shani. That's massive. Yeah, well, look, I don't know if um, that many clubs is something to be proud of, you know, whether I can say that I moved on or did they move me on? I guess we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> And then when I just got sick of that, I changed sports. So it's uh, a good win all round, really. Now, what about uh, Chuck and Ludie? Did you hear one of those teams there? Obviously, the Kestrels was uh, the early uh, Melbourne team. What about the Darters, Ludie and Chuck? Can you tell me what uh, Cap City that comes from? So that was ACT. So the good old Australian Institute of Sport with the Canberra Darters. But 
I've actually got the best story to go along with that because we weren't very good. We were a 21 and under team in, in the big league and we lost every game. Um, but then we used to go out to this place in Canberra for any Canberra listeners out there that, um, and it was called Unipub, right? And it was our, our go-to on Saturday night and there was a huge line one night and we just thought, you know what, there's no way we're doing this. Like, we're pretty big in this town. So we've, we've strolled, strolled past the line of 200 metres or pretty much everyone that lived in Canberra and got to the front and they, were, they wouldn't let us in. And then um, the guy at the front of the line yells out, you've only won one game. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to do the walk of shame. Anyway, needless to say, we ended up at Mooseheads and uh, that was my go-to after that. Hey, Looney, you'll appreciate this. The same thing happened to Chuck Sarker at the front of the Whalers, didn't it, mate? He marched up to the front of the line and he said, Don't do you, you know, know who I is? am? <laughs> Chuck, you know Shani very well, mate. Uh, you go back uh, a little bit and you live not too far away down there in uh, in Melbourne. Uh, you've had a fair bit to do with uh, this wonderful sporting export. Uh, well, look, to be perfectly honest, I actually don't know her that well. But we've crossed paths, obviously, various stages in our careers. And when I was coaching in Adelaide, um, you know, when Moody was playing over there, we went and watched her win the title for... Um, the Adelaide Thunderbirds, and then, you know, my daughter promised, or she begged me tonight not to mention her name on here, so I won't, but my daughter obviously <laughs> is a big fan of Shani, uh, and we, so that's sort of how we've got to know each other, and then Shani's just stayed in touch, so when I phoned her to come on tonight, she didn't hesitate uh, to jump on and help us out. Shani, I really appreciate your time, but, and there's a lot to talk about, but let's talk about the early days. Uh, and just let these two imbeciles from the Bellarine Peninsula know about the beautiful Mornington Peninsula. The Bellarine. And when you first started growing up, um, you know, Bond Beach, Morty Alec, uh, down Frankston Way, and, and just let them know where you've just recently purchased a house, if you could. Well, yeah, so I grew up in Bond Beach, which no one's ever heard of ever, but it's actually the best part of, best part of Melbourne. And so I moved away for... A decade in the end in all of those places that you just heard of in the introduction. And I just I just felt a bit lost, team. And I thought whenever I explained to anyone, where's Bomb Beach, they would say, and I'd go, oh, it's down, down Frankston Way, down Frankston Way. <laughs> and so me and Luke, my fiancé, just thought, well, stuff it. If that's uh, down the way where I was from, so let's move back. So Good I'm on. back in Frankanistan, <laughs> and I'm pumped, and it um, absolutely craps on the ballerine. That's for sure. I don't even know if that's what it's called, now, but, um, <laughs> listen, can but I, I'm home. Can I just chime in here? Can Ludi, can you just let Chuck know that we're not on the ballerine. We're actually on the end of the Great Ocean Road, one of the uh, ten wonders of the world, Chuck. A uh, beautiful part of... Uh, <laughs> Of the Great South Coast, isn't it, Ludie? Oh, it's God's country, let's be honest. Well, Ludie lives in Geelong now, but I know you are uh, the 11th wonder of the world down there, big fella. There's the 12 <laughs> apostles, and then there's Maddie Stewart. Uh, <laughs> he's a bit of a legend, Charlie, down there, don't worry. He's a local legend down at Warrnambool. But uh, we're not talking about him, we're talking about you. So, I mean, the early days... Um, because there'll be a lot of female listeners tonight, and I know you've been a big advocate for, for girls in sport and you've done some unbelievable things. But the early days, when you were a young girl growing up, was it going to be netball for you? Uh, did you have other interests? Were you the girly girl? I'm tipping you might have been a little bit of a tomboy with no disrespect, but 
just tell us about Shani Layton, 13, 14, 15 years of age. Yeah, yeah, no, you picked it. I was definitely that tomboy. My mum sent me to an all-girls school in year seven, and I was absolutely shattered. I didn't like girls and still don't. Um, but, um, no, I shouldn't say that. But I think, um, you know, you've got your tom tomboy kind of girls, but it's great that we don't even need to call them that anymore because it's just so normal to have more boisterous females whereas when I was growing up it, it wasn't that way at all and I played so many different yeah. sports I did started netball when I was five started life-saving when I was five um did horse riding started that when I was eight I played cricket from eight years old um and then I started basketball at 11 um and so my parents just had no time on their hands whatsoever I literally had a sport every night of the week every day on the weekend um and I just played everything for fun. I loved it. To be fair, um, I probably, I loved cricket. Um, but after I got to 12 years of age, I didn't have a competition to play in anymore. So that was why I had to give that up. Um, and then life-saving, I had to start patrolling on the weekends. And so eventually I gave that the flick. Basketball, I was no good at because I couldn't figure out how to run and bounce the ball at the same time. <laughs> it was just awkward. So I gave that the flick. And I was left with horses and netball. And if I'm being completely honest, horses was 100% my passion. I um, competed. I competed in state show jumping. Um, I used to do eventing yeah. as well. Um, but it's obviously a very expensive sport and, you know, everyone would say to my dad, gosh, you must be loaded because Shani rides. And he said, no, I'm bloody poor because of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a horse, but I have wheat for dinner. Um, and, yeah. I didn't realise your passion for cricket, Shani. I must admit, I didn't know that. Um, and, I mean, Ludie and I obviously both being wicket keepers. I know Ludie's got a question about wicket keepers shortly. Uh, but when you were when you were playing cricket, you know, were you a gun quick? I mean, you got a bit of height. Were you always tall? Were you a fast bowler, a batter, a keeper? And then yeah, no, I was, a, I was a fast bowler. I could imagine. I was, that. and it was I the could take mad quick. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't have caught me, Ludie. I tell you what, <laughs> we're on the same team, and it's still would have flown past you. <laughs> so, but it was actually funny because I was the only girl in the whole league, and I'll never forget my first game. So I went down to play with my cousin, and it was all you know that you know. Oh, there's a girl playing. We can't believe you got a girl in your team and copping a bit of flack. And I was just like, oh, do you know what? I actually can't wait for this because. I'm quite good, like rated myself highly. And I came out and I bowled someone first bowl as an opening bowler and stuck my middle finger up at him and said, I'll see you next time. This is great. <laughs> she's played netball for Australia. She, in two years, she's become the All-Australian uh, Ruckman playing for the uh, Magpies, if there's any Big Bash scouts listening, I would have thought the uh, women's Big Bash might be looking for an open bowler, Luke. Definitely. Oh, I don't think I have any talent left, boys. I think that, that went out the window a long time ago. And, um, you know, obviously coming over for football, we'll probably touch on it later, but um, that transition has been really tough and I definitely don't want to try and do that again um, in another sport. So I'll I'll stay put at the moment. But, um, yeah, so to the long way around to your question, Chuck, it was, yeah, so a bit of um, bit of horses, a bit of netball, but um, it was all, just, I found that netball chose me in 
in a way that I just kept on getting, fortunately, um, picked for teams and in the right avenues at the right time and um, still worked very hard just to kind of see what would happen and it all just kind of unfolded in front of me. Ludie? One more from me. One more from me and then I'll hand it over to the boys because I don't want to hog the show again. I said I'll go the first couple then. I'll show my age. You talked about Canberra. And I'm pretty sure the beautiful Simone McInnes was your coach back then. And I must admit, when I was playing, Simone McInnes was a bit of a bit of a follower for the cricket lads. She was a star. Oh, right, It's all coming out tonight, Chuck. But uh, you mentioned those pubs in Canberra. There was only one we used to go to, big fella. It was called the Private Bin. Now, that's oh. showing my age because uh, <laughs> Shani wouldn't have even heard of it. But that was the only place to go. It's probably changed its name to... Mooseheads or whatever. Charlie, uh, my question is, you, you obviously have climbed the top of the tree and we, it's not really a show where we talk too much about what a star you are. We want to hear the, the other side of it. And I've done a little bit of research and I've spoken to a couple of girls that may have roomed with you on trips for the Thunderbirds or for the Diamonds. And they said, categorically... You were the messiest roommate <laughs> they have ever seen. Correct or not? Oh, absolutely. I would go as far to say the messiest human, like not even roommate, just, you know, like so my fiance, he works away and so he's 10 days, 10 days away, four days home. And I tell you that middle 10 days, he's not there. It takes me two days to clean up before he gets home. <laughs> Love it. It's an absolute shit fight. <laughs> big fella, big fella, I'll hand it yeah. over to you. But one of the girls said to me, one of the girls said, uh, and I, I, we can't work blue tonight, but they said that there was bras and knickers from arsehole to breakfast time. That, that <laughs> and do you know what? They would always get so annoyed at me. And I said to them, I said, you know what? Your cleanliness annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> just reverse. Are we allowed to swear on this show? I was going to say the yes out of me. But. Podcast. You can say what you want, Shani. Hey, I, I want to know. Sarah Wall's kind of from down our way. And we've had a bit to do with Sarah through NetFit and all that kind yeah. of stuff over the journey. She's a ripper. She's done really well. And I think she's got the best out of herself, too, over the Absolutely. journey and had a long career and stuff. But she would quite often talk about, you know, when we get her on the radio and stuff down here, we'd, uh, you know, ask about, uh, you know, what happens behind the scenes. Is it like, a, you know, the football clubs and all that? And uh, she used to openly speak about instead of the mad monday the old no undie monday the old no undie monday the old chips out tuesday <laughs> so, so shani this is a thing is this a thing <laughs> yeah of course it is <laughs> um you know whether people choose to wear their undergarments on that day or not is is completely up to them um personally i prefer it i'm I'm not one to freeball or commando, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, each, each to their own. We've actually had a few Mad Mondays over the years, especially you were talking about the premiership in Adelaide, Chuck, uh, a bit earlier, and that was my first premiership, so I hadn't really um, won any major titles before that. And, um, yeah, I was I was quite shocked the following night. So we hired this, uh, so there was a pub, and then we hired a room that was like not attached to the pub and but the only other person apart from the girls in there was this one barman um, and let's just say that was lucky and there was lucky there were no other cameras in there because I think that barman had the best night of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened with him but um, he had a good view for most of it. So They would have been clambering for that gig the next year. They would have been, would have yeah. been wishing, please win, oh. please win again. Just <laughs> no, I think uh, enough of us had enough headaches for that to never happen ever again. Ludie? <laughs> 
Shani, I've done some, when Chuck Smith told us that you were coming on, I started doing some digging with a few old friends of mine from Adelaide. One in particular oh, who you may have been quite fond of. Um, <laughs> not <was> ideal. Just, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I told you I not to go there, Ludie, but I'm happy if you do. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, <laughs> beep, oh, beep. Uh, Ludie, it sounds anyone. like we've got a crossed, a crossed line, mate. <laughs> be careful, Ludie. I just found out a little bit of info that maybe you made your fiance in your last netball match wear your netball dress to that game. Is that correct? Uh, that is that is correct. <laughs> that is commitment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story behind that one? My fiance will wore my netball dress. Yeah, yeah. Was it your last match for netball or something, or what? How the, how yeah. The, uh, oh, I thought this was going elsewhere, but I am very <laughs> happy with that question. Oh, um, okay. It will. It will. <laughs> um, no. Um, uh, do you know what, boys? Love any opportunity to kid up. I have had multiple birthdays and dress-up parties and themed parties where guys are always, can I wear your netball dress? Like, they just love it. And um, anyway, so I said to Luke, um, do you want to get dressed up for my last game? And I've got about 50 dresses out back. And so him and, oh, at least seven of his mates, they've got all the other Collingwood girls, um, Guernseys too, all of their dresses. And they loved it. They loved it for the night. It was probably lucky they had some shorts on because... These boys are a little bit stockier than what we are. <laughs> so um, the colour was a little bit stretched out. But, um, no, I've got a, a very supportive um, and beautiful fiancé. So That's he awesome. was all about it. I want to know where you didn't want him to go now. Come on, mate. Where, where, were, you, where were you thinking he was leading you there, Shani? No, uh, nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. I had a few things. Where are you? Things, I'm not going to go there, Shani. I'll, I'll hold that in tonight, I think. And I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> Let that go straight through to the wicketkeeper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very, very no, right. Let's just say I made some mistakes on the way. <laughs> we all do. To finding the prince. There were a few, uh, there were a few frogs. <laughs> <laughs> now, my other point I heard, you're a crazy cat lady, aren't you? I, I, I am. Yeah. How many cats? How many cats you got? I got three. Wow, Ooh, three. Yeah, Is so Chiggy, Chiggy, and Zena. No, <laughs> no more on the. No, I'm not um, Kitty Pregs at the moment, but um, <laughs> I do have a, a German Shepherd on the way to mix up the mix. So um, that's that's yep. pretty exciting, but. Um, no, but when I just moved house, I couldn't catch one of them. And so I had to drive back from Frankston to Brighton five nights in a row until I caught her with a cat trap. That's how cat lady I am. <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> yeah. So the, old, the old butter on the paws and stuff, you know, just so they know where they are and all that kind of stuff, Shani. Yeah, look, just, you know, like the tiles that you can get so you know where your car keys are? Just yes. chuck one on their collar. Ah, oh, there you go. That's clever. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't really do that. But I, was, uh, I wasn't offended that Zena didn't want to move from Brighton to Frankston. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> She's a fancy cat. Now, listen, we were talking off air because I had a uh, bit of a crook throat earlier on in the week, uh, and yeah. I appreciate you uh, kind of postponing and putting your week on hold for uh, for this podcast, mate. It uh, doesn't go unnoticed, and your six-pack is in the mail. Uh, Good to know. Whatever you want. But uh, we were talking about uh, you know, throats and tonsils and all that kind of stuff, and you've got an unusual uh, little story in regards to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, we have to highlight that you have ginormous tonsils. Yeah, big, big um, sucks. <laughs> that's what the doctor diagnosed you with. And then coming off the back of that, I said, um, well, I went to an ENT because I kept on losing my voice and he, um, you know, chucked a camera down my throat and he goes, you have the most heroic nodules that I have ever seen. And I just thought, oh, God, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's clear that I've been talking way too much in life and uh, I need to shut my shut my mouth. <laughs> heroic nodules. Like, that is unbelievable. Is there an actual definition, if you go to the medical journey, of heroic nodules and what that means? You know what? Well, I'm on the computer. Let's just type that in. But I don't know if you've ever um, Googled, like, nodes or nodules or whatever they are, but they are the weirdest things. And so you've got, like, your vocal cords and it's calluses on the top of them. So I've just got these... Because yelling um, my whole career um, is just, you know, obviously worn my throat down and I haven't been able to talk properly. And I was in a, uh, at an event a couple of years ago um, and this lady said to me, she was like, oh my gosh, like you are the biggest voice abuser that I've ever heard and you are going to have some real trouble in a couple of years' time. And I said, get fucked. No, I'm not. Like I'll be completely fine. <laughs> And um, anyway, it turns out she was right. I should have listened to the crazy lady that told me I was going to have issues. And so now I have to do all of the singing exercises and the humming and the um, blowing bubbles through a straw to warm up my vocal cords if I'm commentating. And Sounds oh, like you don't You better give us a couple of notes then, I reckon. Come on. Come on. Um, uh, you're going to go like, but I have a really good lung capacity. Can you imagine that lady, that crazy lady, going home to her husband that night going, Oh, geez, I thought I was doing the right thing, Larry. I told her that she's just got a really strong voice. She told me to get fucked. Yeah. Look, I think I think there might be a little bit of mail on that story, but <laughs> don't want her to tell you. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, let's get back on. Can yeah. we get back on track, Stuart? Oh, I, I want to ask about the yeah, World Cup. Well, you, you go. No, you, you go. go. Ask no. about the World Cup because that's exactly where I was going to go, Chuck. So you go there, big fella, because I want to know what it's like to win World Cup medals. Well, two, two gold medals, 2011, I think Singapore and 2015. But let's go 2011, Charney, Singapore, because that would have been your first gold medal. Uh, yeah. Plus a Commonwealth, a Commonwealth medal in 14. But Singapore, any post-celebration stories or uh, anything you can share with us from that World Cup victory? Oh, it was just the best. Like, I, I'm so glad that I didn't play because it was a double overtimer and we'd lost the Commonwealth Games the year before. So, like, the tension was on and when we finally got over the line, like, it was just outrageous. And so, as you usually do, you've got your champers in, in the change rooms and headed back to the hotel to get ready for the for the function. And then we went out later and nothing really wild wild kind of happened until we tried to get... We, we all went to go home after and we lost one of the tall members of our team and as we were kind of trying to chase her because we all wanted, like, we were trying to get her to go home because she'd obviously had a, a few too many champers. Um, name. We, as, need name. Uh, we need names. We need names. Oh, I can't do it. But she's, um, <laughs> she's still playing and I don't think there would be many people from that team still playing. So it's a bit of a mystery guess in there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... 
probably one of the best netballers in Australia now, so don't hold it against her. But anyway, so we're chasing her back to the hotel, trying to get her to go back. And anyway, she ends up jumping, like we had to run across the road, jumps on the back of someone's scooter. (laughs) And he's like, continue on. And this poor guy is trying to get this six foot six netballer off the back of his scooter because he thinks that he's getting attacked. Anyway, there was another really tall girl on the team. And so... She gets back to the hotel and she was a beautiful girl and doesn't even drink, so she was completely sober. And the the cops have tried to (laughs) arrest her um, for getting on the back of someone's scooter, but it it wasn't her. So I know it was a different one. So, but anyway, it was a it was a good time and it was a lot of fun. But um, I tell you what, the drinks are expensive in Singapore, so I was glad to be getting shouted. Well, what about like, the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand too over the journey? It's been unbelievable. Some of the contests have just been just simply amazing, haven't they? Oh, you can't write about it. It's just every single time, or like it's been a little bit different over the last couple of years, but as soon as you get to that main event final and it gets down to that one or two goals, it's just unbelievable. You're just like, how is this happening Again, like surely not, but it's like we just get into each other's heads and that's just sport anyway, isn't it? Especially when there's that kind of expectation around it. Um, If one team gets ahead, um, you almost don't want to be that team because the momentum swings and the other team fights back. It's just whether they can get back in time or not. But yeah, it's been an amazing um, rivalry to be a part of. Ludy, just uh, if you could break into character for a minute, because I've just got a, a little story there, but uh, put your Dennis committee hat on for a minute. Do you remember the swimmer, uh, Dennis, by the name of Peter Vanden Hoogenband? Can you remember him, Dennis? Van Hoogenband, yes. Come Peter Vanden Hoogenband. <laughs> That's good, Ludes. That's good. Uh, I just wanted you to say that because he was one of the favourite names. But, Sharni, apart from yourself, because you know you're my favourite netballer, my yeah. second favourite just because I like to say her name, actually, is Maria Tutair. I just like saying that name. <laughs> I know, it rolls off the yeah. tongue, doesn't it? She was a, she was an absolute beauty, though. Uh, well, again, to watch, I thought she was a magnificent player. I digress. I just uh, had that name, Tutair. I wanted to get out. <laughs> and I wanted to... That's all right, mate. <laughs> Good and, work. Uh, Congratulations. Tell me a little bit about... Uh, I watched a film clip when I, I thought I'd better do some research and I saw this netball sort of advertisement for girls being girls and you've got a black eye in this in this video trying to demonstrate how tough you are as a netball. How did that come about? <laughs> well, that came about because my good friend Erin Bell, um, we were training for the Aussies up in Sydney and we had a bit of match play and she elbowed me to the face and cracked my cheekbone um, and it just rolled up like a tennis, the size of a tennis ball within a couple of minutes. Like it was huge and obviously blood eye, completely black eye. If anyone's seen the ad, you'll, you'll know it. And we were doing all of the promotion for the upcoming season the next day. And so all of my player, player picks and all the rest of it, I had a black eye in and then um, Fox Sports were doing the shoot to cover um, netball at the time and they just said oh do you want some makeup and I was like mate my eyes bloodshot like you can't really colour it in <laughs> white yeah. so just leave it and I got it playing netball so so we're all good and 
Um, yeah, so we ended up filming the ad, but I had a bit of like lashback about it because, like, it's unfortunate because it's a very serious topic. But um, some people related it to domestic violence, and it was just oh, really? ridiculous oh, right. because it's so, of like I said, a very serious topic. But you know, as if that link would have been made if that was a guy who got that playing sport. Like, it just yeah. shows. Well, and we've made leaps and bounds, but we've still got a long way to go just in regards to the perception of. Of that, but um, you know, I was probably mm. fortunate in a way that I was probably one of the tougher ones on the netball court, which helped me build my my profile because um, you know, netballers aren't as loud and boisterous, you could say. Can, can I ask well, you just it was on a topic? Can, yeah, it was a magnificent. Like you, you just said, toughness, right? So, what yeah. sports tougher in your eyes? Is it football or is it netball? They're just different, like. I think, like, AFLW is, is definitely tougher um, in regards to having to tackle people. Like, that's outrageous. Like, I came over to football knowing that I would probably play ruck but not knowing what that entailed. And the fact that it's people running up to me and trying to knee me in the guts, which they <laughs> quite often do successfully, yeah. is really <laughs> shit. Like, it's like, when you cop that knee in and under your ribs, like, I am down for the count. So... You know, but um, in regards to the toughness of it's, almost, it's netball is almost mentally harder because you're you have to work so hard in such a small space with so many repeated efforts. It's just a real lactic burn, like it's a um, a real mind thing to be able to push yourself so hard for that amount of time in a sh- in a really small amount of space. But um, I don't think that a lot of the footballers could do what netballers do. But I also don't think a lot of the netballers could do what footballers do. So it's very, very different, um, different mindsets and different toughness about how it relates. But I can guarantee you, as soon as I went over to football, I knew I was soft. Like, I didn't want to play in the rain. <laughs> I was like, take me back inside. This wind is crap. I'm cold. People are trying to hurt me. Like, I would just throw the ball away if someone was coming to tackle me. I'd be like, yeah, I was a real princess and the girls gave me so much crap for it, but I didn't even care. I was like, nah. Um, so I've definitely toughened up a little bit more, but on the netball court, you could pretend to be tough because no one can touch you, <laughs> yes. you know? So it's kind of like that little, a little dog with a big bark. Um, <sighs> but then you get thrown onto a football field. Yeah, and now I've got nowhere to hide. Absolutely. Ludie, what do you got, mate? Last one from me, Shani. Now, I know you mentioned you loved your horse riding as a, as a little girl coming through and it becoming a bit expensive, but now you've been there, done it, made it. You've started riding something else, which is quite an expensive sport or hobby, and you've got all mm-hmm. the gear and no idea. You've bought a Harley Davidson. What's happened? All the gear oh. and no idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my um, that's my fiance's. That was just for the grand. Um, my my fiance owns a few Harley's. He's um, a bit of a rev head, the old bookie. So he's a skydiver, Harley David rider. He's yeah, he's a wild one, my boy. But um, I was actually looking to get my like just to get a um, a base model kind of one, um, but. Yeah, I don't know if I really need one now that I'm down in Frankston because there's no traffic down here. So it was more for when I was in town. 
to zip through the, the traffic. But then, you know how, like, when you're in Bali, you're like, ride a scooter once and you think you're a hero? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you come back to Australia and you're like, I'm going to get my bike license. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> you just touched on your partner there. So he sounds like he's a real adrenaline junkie, uh, uh, jumping out of planes and stuff. Have you done that with him? Is that something you've shared together? Oh, definitely not. No, I have no interest. And it's so funny because... When I first met him, I was like, how hot is my new boyfriend? Like, he's six foot six, tatted up, rides a Harley, <laughs> you know, jumps out of planes, like, coolest guy ever, which he is, to be fair. But, um, but then I started to care for him, and I was like, look, can you just, like, stop jumping out of planes? <laughs> like, I, was, I, don't, I don't want you to, to die. Um, and then it kind of got to the point where it's a real release for him. So if he starts going a bit nutty, I'm like, actually, you know what? Go and jump. <laughs> the way you've described him sounds like Johnny Knoxville to me, mate. Yeah, he, he he is. I think he's settled down a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I do not want to jump out of a plane anytime soon or ever. What else you got, Chuck? Uh, just, yeah, well, just before we have ten quickies with Chuck, and that's a qu- that's a quiz, mind you, Sharni, not uh, anything else. But uh, bloody lucky. We shouldn't, we shouldn't gloss over uh, the football. We've focused a lot on the netball. Just the last serious question: In two years, I mentioned in the intro that you've become the All Australian ruck. I mean, it's an amazing achievement. Uh, are you surprised from that princess that threw the ball away and was too scared to be tackled? And I think one of the commentators disrespectfully referred to you as a giraffe on ice when you first started <laughs> AFL, and now you're the All-Australian yeah. Ruck. It's amazing. Oh, I'm... Yeah, that's not disrespectful. I was, like, just all arms and legs, and at my first training session, the girls nicknamed me Bambi because I was trying to pick up the football, <laughs> but I couldn't, and so it was literally all four limbs running on the ground trying to, trying to grab the ball. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, you're right. I I kind of was hoping that I would be okay at football, but after I swapped over and had that the first couple of months training, I just thought, like, I'm in some real strife here. Like, I can't run long distance. I am dying. Um, my skills are horrific under pressure and under fatigue. Um, and I was actually thinking, I was like, oh, I just, I just wanted to give it up. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't do that after one year because it just looks pathetic. So I'll give it one more and, and kind of see how we go. And I was really lucky that um, we had Park and Lockyer, who's unfortunately he was not working at the club anymore, but at the time he was, and taking me for extra training sessions. And it was really the time and effort that he put into me away from all the other training that really got me up to scratch and speed for this year and so I think that just having that focus of being an older athlete and not really wanting to achieve anything anymore but just wanting to contribute to the girls and it's obviously a a new sport and they're learning how to train at that high intensity um, you know learning high performance behaviours is something that's very new to the ASLW world so that was just me wanting to pass on my knowledge in that way Um, and actually learning and being okay at playing in the end um, was just a huge, huge reward for that. Awesome uh, stuff. Outstanding. Awesome Big fella, you got any more or do you nah, want me to jump into well, a bit of fun? I just wanted to ask, Shani, what car are you driving at the moment, mate? You obviously, uh, Ludie thought you had the uh, the Harley. What rig are you in at the moment, mate? 
Well, after I quit netball, I lost all my sponsors, mate. So just doing a bit of a shout-out here if uh, oh, there's any car dealers oh, out there. That, uh... <laughs> this is perfect, Shardy. <laughs> but, um, I've got the, the fiancé's Jeep, so I just well, drive around at the moment. No, well, she goes all right. Yeah, well, she used to have Jeep, but uh, you would look magnificent in one of these. The all-new Nissan Warrior. It's tough. And hard, exactly <laughs> like you played on the nipple and the football field, mate. Clinton Bosch Warnable Nissan, we do a quick 10 with Chuck. And I'm sure, I'm sure we might be able to do some kind of deal with Clinton Bosch down here in Warnable. And uh, we might be able to get Shani sorted in some way, shape, or form, boys. What do you reckon? Oh. Don't bet on that, Shani, because uh, <laughs> we, 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 we had the one we way from the wrong problem. Yeah, we had Jay Warren on a month ago, and yeah, Matty promised that Warrior would, would be coming his way. Yeah, you guys have been promising cars out, big man. Every crop <laughs> a popple, you're not God. It's good in theory, though, Shani. Okay, but it's a magnificent motor vehicle, and you can yeah. jump online and find out all about them. And I'm sure if you're ever in the market for a car, Bolsh will look after you. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll oh, pay Shani. for it too. Yeah. <laughs> you've never been one. To, you've never been one to sit on the fence. You're always just quick with a line, and, and we've witnessed that here tonight on our podcast. So don't sit on the fence. I'm going to ask oh, you dear. ten quick questions. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, I'm not going to put you in any trouble. But okay. some of them you're going to you're going to have to choose between some of your good friends, and you know this. I'm just. I'll start with an easy one. All right, an easy yep. one. Netball you know, or football? Would you say football or football? Netball or football? <laughs> football. Well, are you feeling? Hang on, we can't gloss. Netball, yeah. We can't gloss over that. You had a magnificent netball career, and only a kind of a short football career. And you've gone netball. I mean football. <laughs> no, I, I, well, because I like playing football now. Like, so it depends um, where you where you are. Like, I still love my netball, but I'll never play netball again um, and I'll play football forever. Like, I'll be playing Masters up in Townsville and having a bevy on a <laughs> Wednesday night, you know? Like, um, I think <laughs> I just, I love it. Like, I love it so much. Like, I can't explain to you how much I love football. Like, it's just awesome. That's awesome. Good no, stuff. That's inter- and a good follow-up, Stewie. Well done to follow up on that one because, uh, yeah, no, that is interesting. Now, I think Shani's a Collingwood football supporter, not just playing for Collingwood. So mm, I Frankston. just want to know which which side of the fence she would sit here. And just the name, Dane Swan or Scott Pendlebury? Dane Swan. Yeah. Oh, Chuck, that was an easy question for Shani. Yeah. Oh, you just shut up, Matt. You can get back in your box, all right? <laughs> uh, okay. Who's playing this quiz? <laughs> yeah, he always interjects. After all those uh, celebrations of winning, and I reckon I might know this answer, but champagne or beer? Champagne. Ooh, I was wrong. I thought you were going to be a beer girl. I know. Uh, I, I come across that way, but I, I'm cider, but I don't like beer. I just... Just a bogan without the beer. Bogan without the beer. I'm putting a strange combo. Uh, toughest opponent, Ramelda Aiken or Caitlin Bassett? Ooh. Ramelda. Yes, I did have that information that she was your toughest opponent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your sporting hero growing up as a kid. Is that, do I get two options? No, you you just tell me. This is just a you've got to tell me. Your, 
Where's my option? Yeah, that's it. You just changed it uh, halfway through. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where's the rules at, Chuck? Far out. Um, uh, I would say Andrew Hoy. Oh, really? There we go. Horsey. So I was going to say Darren Berry or Tim Luderman, but I didn't think you knew either of those careers. So no, uh, definitely not. <laughs> it would have been Matthew Hayden if it was a cricketer. Oh, big Hayden. Okay, there we go. Matthew Hayden. Yep. Right now, if, if, uh, if we gave you the podcast tonight, because you've come on uh, for a very high fee, but if we handed you $2 million and said you can live in Frankston or Sorrento, where would you live? Frankston. Yeah, Thank you, Melbourne. Good. Yeah, yeah well, we it is just the best. The Frankston North has actually taken off. off, hasn't it? It's booming, isn't it? Yeah, it's really booming. Yeah, I'm I'm down the hill. I'm just in the middle of the suburb, so um, don't have that much money to tell me about Frankston North yet. But you got everything. If I want to go to Sorrento, it's 20 minutes that way. If I want to go into the city, it's 40 minutes the other way. The walking tracks around here are epic. I've been doing all my footy running around here, and it's awesome. Beaches, great. Yeah, I'm set. Can, can you just confirm to us that Chuck lives in Mount Eliza, or where does he live, Shani? Do you, do you actually, do you know? Oh, well, I don't know why you think that I'm going over to his house, mate, but I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, sorry, just just talking out of there now. Uh, <laughs> but to be <laughs> to be honest, um, Mount Owens is definitely more swanky than uh, Mount Martha, so I would imagine it's there. The swanky. Hey, I'm very close to where your horse is in the paddock. You know that, so uh, I do. My horse is in Mount Eliza as well. Here's a tough one for you. This one I reckon will be tough, but I might be wrong. Timmy Rav or Ash Braz? Ash Braz. Ooh, okay. Footy and netball, and she's a star. Yeah. Um, Norma Plummer or Lisa Alexander? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You've finished netball now. You've finished. I have. I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble. I'm going to have to go with Norma. All right, normal was <laughs> early days, so we'll just say... No, yeah, I think first World Cup and, and first coach and... But only, you know, the difference between having normal for that one year and then having a variety of experiences over nine years, um, you yeah. know, it's a bit different, but... Yeah, it's all right. Don't there you go, I'm in trouble. You put least, don't try and justify putting Lisa <laughs> Alexander in the bin, it's okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> given, given, given where we've been to tonight, we've dropped a couple of F-bombs. Uh, and I know. I'm going to get in trouble. Better, were you better at No Undy Monday or Tits Out Tuesday? <laughs> uh, look, probably, probably Tits Out Tuesday, I reckon. Well, no, Tuesday was your day to really let loose, which is good. Yeah, so you, I take it easy on the Monday, whereas everyone was kind of struggling by the Tuesday, but then I, you know, would really take off. I was comatose by the Tuesday. I was only a couple of days in me. That was it. Yeah, it was a bit like got to continue Warnable, on. Warnable Four or five days. <laughs> Warnable races. Uh, we'll have to take Sharni to Warnable races. The May Carnival Sharni at Warnable is uh, unbelievable. But it's three days. It's like an end-of-season trip. And I went with the boys, oh. and I was too old. And by day two, I was going downhill fast. And the youngsters were just warming up, unfortunately. Mm, let's go hard. Uh, go two, hard. To finish, two to finish off. Adelaide Thunderbirds in teal or Adelaide Thunderbirds in pink? Teal, any day of the week. 
Right. Yeah. I knew that, yes. So little birdie told me that you teal. weren't a fan of going to the pink. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> upset. Well, you won a title in pink. And the last one to finish off, because we've, we've overstayed our welcome. Describe yourself in one word. So I'm not giving you the options again. It's a bit like the sporting hero. Describe <laughs> yourself in one word on the netball court. Oh. Um. <sighs> All right, I'll give you two options: passionate or loud. Competitive, vicious. Competitive, tenacious, loud, outrageous, intense. Probably intense. I would say. Yeah. Good. Intense. All right. It took us a while to get that, that one word, but that was 10 quickies with Chuck Stewie, and that was brought to us by who? Oh, this magnificent motor vehicle. Thank you. It looked magnificent down at Frankston. I reckon there'll be plenty yeah, of tradies down that way that'll be rocking the Black Warriors at the moment down there, Shani. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, have to keep an eye out. <laughs> hey, Shani. If they, want, if they want one to be driven around here, they'll have to let me know. <laughs> of course they will. <laughs> hey, listen, we appreciate your time tonight. Uh, fantastic. Great insight. And uh, Chuck's delivered in spades. Uh, it has been a blokey bloke show so far. And we have had the listeners just saying, listen, we need to get a female. And you are our very first female, mate. So you should... Uh, Top well, of the tree. Hopefully you feel privileged and honoured that you've got... Yeah, such a wonderful podcast, just chasing you down. <laughs> you know, the only thing is, though, I think after this podcast, I think everyone's still going to request, can we have another female? <laughs> I tend to just, like, I really turn on the bloke when I chat to blokes, and so, like, they're just going to be like, that, that wasn't what we were after, I'm sorry. Like, can you, can you give it another go? <laughs> well, I reckon it was bloody perfect. It was exactly what I was hoping for. Exactly mate. what we were after. Yeah, no, nah, it was yeah. fantastic, and uh, you are, you're a star uh, on the court, on the field, and uh, also off it as well, and uh, we really thank you and appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks, Thanks team. Good chat. Thanks, Annie. Yeah, what a legend. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, that's a very, very funny way to finish there, Chuck, wasn't it? Uh, she's a ripper. I told you she was a, I told you she was a beauty. She's uh, no ears and graces. But it's just an amazing achievement to play netball. And she, I mean, she was an absolute... She captain Australia. We didn't even get into a lot of that. Captain the Diamonds in 2017. And then to go on and, and play AFL. And, and she said herself that... She wasn't the most gifted. She was actually really awkward. And, and then in two seasons, big fella, she's become the All-Australian Ruck. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And she was, Stewie. she was in the system when she was 16 years old too. Like So, yeah, amazing to be in, in that professional kind of system for such a long period. Stuart, did you ever get to a, a live netball match? Uh, I have, mate. And it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yep. It's so quick. And they're oh. powerful and they spring around the court. And it's unbelievable. But in, in those little... In those little stadiums, there's kids banging the bangers and the clickers and whatever they do. It's so loud and echoing and all that. And she can clearly hear Shani above all that noise. Easy. Mm. <laughs> she she no, is actually the loudest. She's louder than most most men. Now, now, boys, correct me if I'm wrong, but have they changed the rules so they've got the kind of the, the two point line now? Is that there was a big uproar at the, kind of the start of COVID? Um, has that rule stayed? I think they've introduced it for the upcoming, um, uh, I should know it's called, Suncorp Netball or whatever. I think they are going to introduce it for, but it's only, uh, as far as I understand, we should have asked Shani, uh, at a certain period, like a power play or the, or the last two minutes of the quarter or something like that. It's not there the whole time, like the 50 metre 
when you kick a goal in the pre-season, you get nine points. It's only at a designated time. Um, I, I actually don't mind it. A lot of the netball kicked yeah. up, kicked up a stink. But you know, you'll see the girls that then, if they're two points behind, they can sort of pass it, you know, out, and they've got to try and drop a long bomb. So I thought it adds a new dimension to the game. But a lot of the netball girls were not big on it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just knew it caused a bit of a furor when it was kind of announced, that is for sure. Talking about uh, furors, boys, uh, Ben Stokes been named uh, cricketer, uh, best cricketer in the world, number one cricketer in the world. How do you feel about that? What do you reckon, Luke? Has he gone past Steve Smith and Virat Kohli? Is, I mean, he's, been, he's hurt us a fair bit, the Aussies. What, what do you reckon, Luke? I think he's certainly in the top couple. Um, I think... He, He's the only cricket really happening in the world at the moment, and he's doing quite well, so he's sort of in the public eye. But he's a bloody good player, and he's captaining his country at the same time. So there's obviously that added pressure. But I, I think he's probably the best all-rounder England have ever had. I think that's come up in discussion as well. Is he better than both of them? I think he's passed. I think he's he's overtaken Ian Botham. Jeez, that's a big call, Lutz. Yeah, no, that, that, that yeah. is a big call, because Botham obviously hurt Australia a lot as well. But... I've got to say, and I think we've spoken about this before, the, the innings that he played to win that test match at Headingley uh, last year in the Ashes, that, that was that was the greatest test innings in the context of a game that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime because England were nine down and if they'd have lost, the Ashes were gone and everyone thought the Aussies had it. That, that inning that he played there was extraordinary. He then did it in the World Cup final. So probably, boys, I reckon the true test of a champion is to actually do it like in the grand final and World Cup final and an Ashes test. I mean, they're grand finals, don't they? Yeah, yeah, spot on. Who is would he, who would be he, number one in you, Blake? If if it wasn't Stokes, just give us your world number one as we speak. Virat Kohli, Chuck. Yeah, and I, I I was I was always a huge fan. He's now retired, but AB de Villiers was my favourite. I just thought he was dynamic. Um, hard to go past Ludi's choice, Virat Kohli, but I, I like Stokes because obviously he bats bowls and he feels the all-round package is something that I like, but A.B. de Villiers was mine for a, a long period of time. Now, can I just, uh, can I throw something in the mix with a question without notice? Um, best cricketer then of all time, in your eyes. Just give me one. Don't sit on the fence. Just give me someone that you think is the Ready? best cricketer of all time. Oh, Jacques Callis, without doubt. Average 50 in all formats and, what, he took 300 test wickets and took 200 slips catches building at second slip. It was a six-foot-five hulk of a man. He was a genius. So I don't think you can beat Jacques Callis' all-round ability in the game across all I three formats. Point. I know you wanted one word, Stewie, and a quick answer. It's a bloody tough question. That there. I mean, Sir Garfield Sobers, from all reports, but I don't remember him, so I wouldn't say that, but Garfield Sobers was unbelievable. My favourite was Wazzy Macram. I just thought his ability with the ball was extraordinary, what he could do with the ball, and, and then he could whack him with the bat. Um, and then you know what I'm going to say. Because I'm biased and because of the impact he had on the game, and to do the hardest craft, in my opinion, in the game, bowl leg spin, it's also hard for me to go past Shane Warne. Yeah, no, a fair call. Warne would be up there in mine as well. Do you know who mine would be, boy? Sachin Tendulkar. I just reckon one really? of the, I just reckon one of the best bats we've ever seen. You know, I just reckon he was a freak show. You know, like just um, unbelievable. You know, <laughs> like how 
just how easy he did it. You know, like just time and time again, he just walk out of the crease. And Brian Lara is probably another one that springs to mind. I reckon it's just, you know, you can't forget about, you know, the impact these people have. Brilliant. Yeah, unbelievable. Huey, I, um, I played against Sachin in a tour game. And um, I don't know if I told this story already in the podcast, but I'll tell it again. Um, Cameron Boyce was bowling to him. And he, uh, he bowled him a, a slider. And Sachin went back to cut it. I was keeping. Tom Cooper was at first slip. And um, he didn't pick it. And he was shaped up to cut, and the ball hit the pitch and obviously slid on and hit right on the end of the handle and then trickled back down the pitch. And me and Tommy Cooper sort of started laughing, thinking, you've just made Sachin look stupid. So then Boise runs in, next ball, slider again. Sachin shapes up the cut. Before the ball is bounced, Sachin goes, not this time, bang, behind point four. <laughs> what, called his own, called his own so, shot. Before the ball had bounced, he's on the way down, out of Cameron Boyce's hand, and he's gone, not this time, and then he cut it before. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That is unreal. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I just, like, Tendulkar, I reckon for what the impact he had on cricket over in India too, you know, like all kids coming through and, um, you know, you just see the videos and he's just so revered over there, isn't he? You know, like, they just absolutely love him, um, which is he, He's back. He's bat when, and again, I haven't got a funny story at all like Ludy, but when he first came to Australia, uh, we played them uh, in, uh, no, it wasn't, in Benella. We played India in Benella, Victoria versus India in Benella. And Warney was playing this game and uh, before he'd really hit the big time as well. And uh, I remember keeping, and always, Ludy, when you're keeping a Warney, you think you're going you're gonna to be a chance here. Did not yep. look like getting a ball past Sachin. Did not look like it. And I've never, in my whole 15 years playing at the top, I suppose, not the absolute top, but state level, I've, I've never seen anyone's bat look so imposing. Honestly, Stewie, it was, it was like he was batting with a, with a door. You know, it was just wasn't going to get past, mate. It wasn't getting past, and I just walked away that day, and I thought, well, this bloke, and he was only about sixteen or seventeen. This bloke's going to be special. It yeah. was early nineties, and he went on to be, as you say, beautiful to watch. Hey, none of us even mentioned the great Sir Vivian Richards. Yeah, Viv, champion. Wouldn't he, he be good to get on this podcast, boys? Uh, yeah, well, that, that might be your chase, I reckon. Uh, or Ludy can chase that. I Real, actually, uh, I'll I, I tell you, uh, yeah, I, I do know a, uh, I do know a lady. Uh, it lives in, uh, lives down your way. Actually, Ludes that uh, might have uh, had a little, uh, little, you know, when he was over here for the. Uh, the big bash. Bit of a net session. Yeah, possibly. So a, I think there might possibly... net. As funny as it sounds, there could be a little connection there, if you know what I mean, that we might be able to uh, to possibly get the great Sir Viv on. Wouldn't that be massive? Well, <laughs> believe it when I say it, Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, sad week. Sad week with uh, the passing of a couple of people. Shane Tuck, of course, former Hawk, oh. former Tiger, and uh, bloody sad, um, you know, and... and, and yeah, I know we talk about it a lot, but uh, mental health, uh, especially at the moment with all the COVID and all that kind of stuff that's going on, and a lot of people losing jobs and losing work and losing loved ones and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's tough old times, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, and we do talk about it a little bit, and it, it's horrible. The Shane Tuck situation is horrible, uh, and you know what, Stewie, and and we're not very often serious, but. This is a, a time where people 
that are struggling will really struggle because they're isolated and the worst time, and I know myself when I had my really down patch, when you're by yourself is when you overthink things and unfortunately that's when some people get themselves in trouble. So to any of our listeners, uh, look out for your mates in this time and even, you know the other thing I'm really worried about guys is, is the youngsters, the teenagers, the loss of sport is significant. Mm. Uh, and I, I mean, I work with teenagers in my day job at the Roval Sports Academy. And uh, there's a lot of kids there that are really frustrated that, um, not just in cricket, but in the other sports, they've lost, in a sense, their identity to, to go and play sport, if you know what I mean. And I think Ludie mentioned this a few weeks ago as well, that the ramifications are far greater than just saying, oh, there'll be no uh, footy or netball this uh, this winter the psychological effect is a real concern and we've got to look out for, for youngsters as well in this period. Mm, well said. Yeah, yeah. well, here, here, Chuck. I, I put out a tweet and just said, you know, sporting clubs have a big role to play in, in our community and although footy's been cancelled, I know it's been cancelled down Waterloo and around Geelong and, you know, all across Victoria, really, but mm. your sporting clubs have a role to play in that they should still be trying to train once a week and get the volunteers down there, get it opened up, just... It's a good way to vent your frustrations, to physically exercise and get around your mates. Do it properly, do it socially, distancing and all that sort of stuff. Do it by the rules, but just get out, see people during the week and, um, yeah, burn a, bit of, burn a bit of energy. Yeah, well said, boys. 100%. Absolutely yep. love it. And there's plenty of organisations to get involved if, uh, with. If you are feeling down, Lifeline being one of them, Headspace another. So uh, drop us a line here on the podcast. Always willing to have a chat to anyone, aren't we, boys? So, uh, yeah. That is for sure. Make sure you're looking after yourself. And the other quick one I just want to touch on, uh, Robbie Gaylard, uh, great fella, Robbie. Yep. Uh, heavily involved in the uh, the racing caper for a long period of time. Uh, obviously, the winner's bar down at Flemington, uh, country racing Victoria, all the country cups. You know, they'd even get up to the Darwin Cup Carnival and Robbie would be the MC, the master of ceremonies. Uh, just a good fella, Rob. Uh, he used to come down to the May races. We had him on the radio station here at Warnable uh, every May races and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, just a yep. sad time. You don't realise until you start seeing people uh, kind of put up tributes, I suppose, to, uh, to people when they die, uh, you know, how much of an impact and what they've done in their life, do you? And he's a real, real gentleman, Ludes. I don't know if you met Rob Gaylard. Uh, I did. Well, when I say quite a few, I would have done, I reckon, three or four uh, sportsmen's nights where Rob Gaylard was the MC, and you know I was one of the speakers at the functions. Uh, always immaculately dressed, presented beautifully, uh, thorough, prepared. And I don't, I'm not into the horse racing, big fella, as you, as you know, but uh, I know he was a bit of an icon in, in that field. So, and he hit home to me, obviously, when I read that news and I knew you would have known him. Uh, and obviously, you know, I mean, I had a heart attack in February and it scared the bejesus out of me. And yeah. I feel lucky that, that I'm still here to, to tell the story and have a bit of fun with you guys. Because when I read that the other day about Rob Gaylord, I just thought, you just... You just never know. We've just got to go and bloody live our life and enjoy what we're doing, you know, uh, at, at what we're doing. And, and just, just on behalf of Ludie and I, uh, we also lost one of our brothers as well, the um, Barry Jarman, uh, who was Australian wicketkeeper and captain Australia in one test match. And uh, we lost him in Adelaide this week. Uh, he, he had a good run, but he's in his 80s, I reckon, Jar. Gave me one of my first jobs yep. when I went... 84, thank you, Ludes. 
when I went to Adelaide to the Cricket Academy, Ludi, I don't know if I told you this, um, we had to get part-time jobs, and that's when I met Nugget, the great Nugget Reese. But that's who we should get on one night, Ludi. Maybe we should get Nugget on. Uh, Barry oh, Nugget Reese is. is a legend in a legend, and Barry Jarman gave me my first job in Adelaide at the Rowan Jarman Sports Store. So, uh, wonderful cricketer, gentleman, and he also passed, Stewie. So, it's Sad. been a bad week, unfortunately. Bad week. Bloody oath it has. And, uh, yep, just uh, got to make the most of that every day, that is for sure. And uh, enjoy yourself. Don't sweat the small things and uh, yeah, look after the people that are around you. That is for sure, boys. Hey, listen. Been a cracking show as always. Thanks to Clinton Bolsh, Warrnambool Nissan. Uh, and if you if you want to find out more about Bolsh, you just look them up on Facebook. All the socials they are there. Um, great guest, big fella. I think we're back to you, Ludy. Does that sound right for next week, brother? Yeah, why not? I'll give it a crack and see what I come up with. <laughs> I'll give it a crack and see what we come up with. Uh, we have had some fantastic guests. Our first female tonight, absolutely magnificent, Shani Layton. Don't forget to like, <laughs> share, and uh, do all those things. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed the episode 15 of Keeping It Real with Chuck leading the big film. We're going to go out with a bit of Tina Turner tonight. Right up your alley once again, Chuck. See you, boys. Ian. Yeah.